On the Record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PwC on News Talk. Now, cashless offices is kind of cash is actually literally what we're going to be talking about now. After an extraordinary week, you don't see banks big retail banks in this country forced to do a U-turn that often. They do them occasionally. A few months ago, as you know, Bank of Ireland closed a number of branches, uh, over 100. That happened. It didn't seem to get much political objection, but AIB seemed to have pushed things a little too far in public opinion terms. They were criticised by the Taoiseach and a, a dazzling array of ministers who were happy to come out and give them somewhat of a metaphorical kicking. So what are the banks trying to do? How do they make their money? Why would they want to just move to cashless banking? We know, obviously, it has profitability effects, but what are they exactly? And what is the strategy underpinning retail banking in this day and age? My next guest hopefully can help us with some of those questions. He's John Kelly. He's CEO at Lean CFO. But he's also an associate lecturer at UCD and has lectured regularly on the world of retail banking. John, what did you make of this week's developments? AIB obviously doing a U-turn in the end, coming under huge political pressure. Can you just yeah. kind of explain to us a little bit what, why the bank would be trying to go cashless in the first place? What is the overall strategy from what you understand of it? The main reason that the banks want to go cashless is, bluntly, there's not as big a demand for cash as there was. Uh, COVID was a, a big accelerator of, of activity. And if you look at some statistics, for example, uh, ATM withdrawals, ATM withdrawals in the UK, because there's more up-to-date data for that, they're down about a third between now and pre-COVID levels. So people are, are, are spending less with cash. So there's less cash going through the system. And running a cash system is expensive. Lots of what they call fixed costs and the less the activity, the more expensive each of these transactions becomes. So as a result, the banks are effectively withdrawing from cash and again, bear in mind, back in the early 80s, the banks were, were, were installing ATMs at a rate of knots because they saw it as the, as the future because people wanted the cash service. Now they don't. And the trouble is the people that are left behind, businesses that rely on cash, maybe, you know, for example, um, street, uh, street singers, for argument's sake, buskers, you know, it's very hard to have a tip machine for that. It's much easier for somebody to throw cash into the hat. But for most other businesses, uh, cash isn't vital. And basically customers are moving away from cash. Uh, and, and the banks are then responding to that because the costs are going up for, for them. Sure. And also their main competitors, or certainly one of their competitors set, is the fintechs. They probably look at somebody like yeah. a Revolut who don't have any physical infrastructure. They've got an incredible cost base compared to them. I mean, that's ultimately what's driving this, isn't it? That's one of the things. I mean, I, I, I have a Revolut account. I have an N26 account just for, as I say, for market research purposes. But like N26 sent me a new card. The first thing they said to me was, go to an ATM and validate it. It wasn't an N26 ATM I went to. It was an AIB or a Bank of Ireland or an Ulster or whatever machine it was. Uh, and that infrastructure is, is expensive. So those, those fintech or those you know, online-only operations, they don't have the same cost base, but they don't have the same level of service. I mean, Revolut of 1.7 million customers, they claim in Ireland. Uh, as a result... There are a lot of people very happy to have a cashless operation, um, but you'll probably find most of those customers have uh, accounts with full service banks as well. But you know, again, think if you think as, as a listener, just reflect: when was the last time you actually needed cash to do something? Or maybe one that I'd have, have seen a longer career in banking. When's the last time you wrote a check? I mean, when I started first, everyone wrote checks, checks every day. Um, you know, a lot of people don't even have a checkbook. Why? Because we've moved away from paper and towards electronic. But isn't there a problem? That's all very well. Everything, every single line of what you said financially makes sense. But the problem is the government have a big stake in AIB. So you don't have a completely free hand from a strategic point of view. You can't just, you're not sort of your own master in this area. There is public opinion and there is political opinion. And until they get that state shareholding down, 
their 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 ability to do what they want is incredibly limited, isn't it? It is limited. It is constrained. I mean, even you know, I, I you probably know I worked in banking before. I mean, the banks will be aware of the political agenda. They're not stupid. They're they're big stakeholders in society. And you're right. AIB's position is, is even you know more tightly under its scrutiny because of the ownership. But one of the downsides of the reaction that's happened this week is, for example, Starling Bank. It's a startup bank in the UK, headed by a lady called Anne Bowden, former chief operations officer in AIB. So knows the Irish scene. They have pulled their request to go for a full-blown Irish banking licence. And I suspect part of it is because of the political reaction to what is effectively an operation decision for AIB. Uh, you also see uh, uh, Ulster Bank are leaving after 100-plus years, and uh, KBC are leaving. Why? Because they feel they can't make money here. I mean, if they could make money here, they'd be here. Like, yeah. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, but also... Go on, you want to interrupt? I was going to say, if you look at Bank of Ireland, branch closures over 100, okay, there was a little bit of mm. pushback against that, but it kind of went through, and you can see some of the branches are for sale at the moment. So timing here, they don't have the, the government shareholding in the way that AIB do, but nevertheless, I mean, it's not just different companies. A lot of people in rural Ireland would say, look, whatever about AIB and what they're doing, post mm. offices are closing, Bank of Ireland branches are closing, AIB mm. branches are changing. So there's a big withdrawal of financial services from local communities that were there. And obviously you've credit unions in the mix as well. So I think a lot of this is fired up by the fact it's not an AIB issue, it's a sectoral issue that these these service providers are stepping back from having an on a physical presence in towns all over the country isn't that what's really driving it it's not really AIB they just pushed it too far in terms of public opinion well, it's more probably that they were last man standing the, the, the key thing if, you, if you're doing these things from my banking days was you didn't want to be the last financial bank in the town because if you did then the hue and cry happened I mean it was okay if the three banks going to, to sorry four banks going to three or three banks going to two yeah okay you know stuff happens but if it's you know one bank going to none that's a problem. So you don't want to be the last bank to actually be pulling out. And I suspect in some of the locations in rural Ireland, I don't have the full list, but I suspect in some of those locations, maybe AIB was the last person that was there to, to offer a cash service. Uh, so that's, that's part of their problem. But I would emphasize again to you, these things are not profitable. If they were, trust me, these branches would still be open. Okay, John Kelly, thanks for your input. He's an associate lecturer at UCD and does retail banking strategy. On the record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PWC. Sunday morning at 11. On News Talk.